our gospel lesson for today, the fourth Sunday after Epiphany, comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure at heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The gospel of the Lord. Folks, may the grace and peace of your triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. If you happen to catch things a couple of weeks ago, you may have heard me talk about something that I recognize makes me a little bit weird, but I know this about myself. I actually kind of like tax time. Taxes are something that are they're good to do, and, they're a, and I actually enjoy figuring them out, which is kind of funny, but at the same time, it feels like we just did it. It feels like I just sat down at my living room table or my kitchen table and was figuring out my taxes for 2021, and now all of a sudden we're all the way through 2022, and it's just about time to figure out the taxes again. It feels like, didn't we just do this again? It's tax time, and yet at the same time, I like it, so it's sort of both hand. That sensibility, this didn't we just do this, is also present within our scripture lesson today. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to let you behind the curtain just a little bit. On Sundays, when worship and education and everything is all wrapped up, I'm usually the last person in the church. The vast majority of the time, I'm the last person here. And the very last thing that I do on a Sunday before I close my office door and I walk out of the church is I read the scripture passage, the gospel passage, for the following Sunday. So this past Sunday, it was about lunchtime, somewhere in the 12, 1230 range. Everything was all wrapped up. And the last thing I did was read this passage. And the thought went through my head, the Beatitudes again? Didn't we just do that? I had to do a little bit of checking. I had to do a little bit of looking, because here's the deal. In this thing that we call the lectionary, this three-year organizational tool that breaks down our different scripture lessons, there are certain stories, there are certain passages, there are certain moments in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus that get repeated. They show up often. Sometimes they'll show up once a year. Sometimes they show up more than once a year. And then there's other passages that only show up one time every three years. But I got to thinking about it. And I knew that the Beatitudes, this passage that I just read, it shows up in multiple Gospels. It's here present in Matthew. It's also present in Luke. And so I got to thinking, how often have we had this in the, over the course of the last three years? And so I did some checking, and I did some researching, and I determined the following. Since this passage is present in two different Gospels, and since our organizational schedule takes us through a year of Matthew, then a year of Mark, then a year of Luke, and then shifts back around to Matthew again, we have just wrapped up the year of Luke, and now we're into Matthew. And the Beatitudes show up 
two times in those two years. Once here in Epiphany, which is where we're at right now, and then again in November on a day that we call All Saints Sunday. And so if we go back a year, we had Luke's version of the Beatitudes. And then if we go back to last November, which was only about two and a half months ago, we had Luke's version of the Beatitudes. Now we've got Matthew's version of the Beatitudes. So this is number three in the last 12 months. And yes, in a full preview, when November rolls around again, we'll have Matthew's version again. So over the course of about a year and a half-ish, we'll have it four times. Again, it's a good thing, but here we go again. Now, here's the deal. When things repeat, they're probably worth paying attention to. And this passage is worth paying attention to, especially since it shows up in more than one gospel. Now, in true fashion, whenever I'm working with a passage like this, I do some comparisons between the different versions. I see the things that are similar. I see the things that are same. And I also see the things that are different. Now, what I love about this passage, about the Beatitudes in general, is they kick off a long period of teaching from Jesus, regardless of the setting. We've got in Matthew's gospel, what we read today, this kicks off a time that's known as the Sermon on the Mount, in which Jesus talks for three entire chapters, all of chapter five, all of chapter six, all of chapter seven. It starts here with the Beatitudes, and then he moves into a longer period of teaching where he's giving some sort of how-to stuff and some critiques of different understandings, and this is what this means, and this is what maybe what that means, and you've heard it this way, but now I think it's that way. Luke's gospel is also similar. Now, it's not quite as long, but it's the same situation. It starts off with the Beatitudes, and then it moves into that other thing. And many of the themes, many of the focal points that we see between the two gospels are similar, even if the length is a little bit different. But they start the same way, with these blessed be this type of people, blessed be this attitude, and we shorten it up to the Beatitudes, if you're wondering where that name comes from. But I appreciate this time so much. Again, Jesus has been doing some different things. Now he's moving into the public teaching, the public proclamation, and he has this long time of teaching that he starts with this. Now here's the deal. Again, there are some differences and there are some similarities. I actually appreciate Luke's version of the Beatitudes just a little bit more because we get both sides of the same coin. Now again, themes are similar, But in Luke's version, we get, blessed are these people, but woe to you when this is the case. And it's really a back and forth of life. And the best example that I can offer for that one is when he's talking about being hungry. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. But woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. And in my mind, that is a perfect encapsulation of the back and forth of life, the back and forth of how sometimes things go one way and then things shift for us and they can go the opposite way. That is the mentality that we see in Luke's gospel. Now, Matthew's that we've read today, things are a little bit more one-sided. There are more statements. Jesus talks about more types of people and it's only the blessings are. Blessed is this type of person. Blessed is this type of person. Blessed is this type of person. But there's some interesting things that go on, again, in both versions, but especially here, if we take a look at the grammar. You didn't think you were going to get an English lesson today, but folks, here we go, because I dig into things, and this is the stuff that catches my attention. 
Jesus makes these different statements, and he sort of makes a blessed are this type of person, and then future action or future reality. And the best example, I want to grab it and read it for you. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So we see this type of thing where Jesus is saying, blessed are you now, for you will experience this in the future. And that is the case in the vast majority of the different statements that Jesus makes. But there is an exception, and I think it's important for us to recognize. The only statement that Jesus makes that is present tense, present blessings because of present reality is when he is talking about the kingdom of heaven. It happens twice in here, and I want to point them out. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I thought a lot about that and about the present reality of the kingdom of heaven, whatever that means. Now, this is a theme that is larger throughout the course of Jesus' ministry and is especially true here in Matthew. In fact, the very first words that we hear Jesus say in his public ministry here in Matthew's gospel are, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That may sound familiar because someone else who happened before Jesus actually said the exact same thing. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, also said the same thing. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. When we consider that and then the present tense of what Jesus says in our Beatitudes today, we recognize that the presence of God, the presence of heaven, the presence of the kingdom of heaven, whatever that is, It is a present reality because God has entered into this world through Jesus. And Jesus has brought the presence of the kingdom of heaven with him. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, folks, it can mean a lot of different things. And when we begin to stop and think about that, and maybe we can't really put our finger on just what that means, it also leans me in the same direction of asking the question, what does it mean to be blessed? We hear Jesus say that, like eight different statements. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And when we think about them, they really don't sound like what the world claims as blessed or what the world points to is this is what it means to be blessed. And if we look at Instagram and we see hashtag blessed all the time, oh, I don't know about you, but it kind of makes me gay. Jesus is making a statement of people who are blessed even when the world doesn't think so, even when it doesn't feel like it, and it seems to be because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, again, I want to circle back around to the idea of the setting. Where is Jesus at, or what is going on when he makes these statements? Now, again, regardless of which gospel we're talking about, Jesus makes these statements, blessed are these people, blessed are you right now, before moving into the period of critique and change. And you think about this, but we're going to think about that. And maybe that's the thing that we need to take away from this. Not trying to define what is the kingdom of heaven or what does it mean to be blessed. Maybe all we need to recognize is who it is that's calling us blessed in the first place. And the one who's calling us blessed is Jesus. And Jesus is God in the flesh. He's calling us blessed now before moving into critique. Folks, I had a situation happen this week 
that I think sheds a little bit of light on this. It was a parenting moment. Now, if you are parents, maybe this will sound familiar because we all go through those different times in our life as parents when our kids do something not the brightest and we need to be that soft landing for them and yet also offer critique. And something like that happened with one of my kids this week, and it was a big deal. And my kid knew that I was not happy about it and not happy with the situation. And in an exchange that we had, I got this message. Dad, I know you're pissed, but I can't handle you yelling at me. Please don't yell at me. I can't handle it today. And in that moment, I had to respond back to my kid, I am your dad. You are my child, and I love you, and that's what we're here to do. We'll worry about critique later. And I can't help but think that whatever it is that God is accomplishing through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, God looks at us the same way. And we see that in the presence of the gospel, and we certainly see it in the setting of our Beatitudes today. When the one who made us all in the first place who entered into this world as one of us and through his life and his death and his resurrection somehow overcame the powers of brokenness and sin and death in this world, God looks at you and says, you are my child and I love you. We'll worry about critique later. I think that's the takeaway as we consider this passage today, as we consider this moment, when Jesus tells us, you are blessed now, Why? Because the kingdom of heaven has come near. And the one who entered into this world, the the one who Jesus is, the man who is also God, is the one who calls you blessed because you are my kid. I love you. We'll worry about that.